So I'm going to go a different way tonight. The Lord's put this on my heart. I don't know why. I'm scared to death. Pray for me. I don't want to preach tonight. I just want to give you my testimony tonight. Can I just give you a little word of testimony? Can I give you the whole story of what me and that lady sitting right yonder have been through here lately? Let me give you one verse of Scripture. Don't stand. Like I said, I'm not going to preach. Uh, verse, uh, verse 46 of Matthew 27. Here's what the Bible says. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Joanne, I was taught my whole life that it was wrong, that it was a sin to ask God a question. If that's the case, Tanya, then why did Jesus, who knew no sin yet he became sin, ask God a question? He said, God, my God, why? That's a question, right? Why have you forsaken me? But here's the difference between Jesus and you and I. Jesus never stopped doing what He was supposed to be doing when He asked God a question. Our problem is, Brother Howard, when we have a question for God, we just stop. And we don't continue doing what we're supposed to be doing because we may or we may not get an answer to our question. I mean, nowhere in Scripture do you ever find uh, that God answered Jesus' question. Do you read that in your King James Bible? He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you never read anywhere in your Bible where God answered His question. We're not talking about just a good man, by the way. We're talking about the God-man. He, he was God incarnate. Oh, I mean, we still believe that Jesus was God in the flesh, don't we? We, we still believe that He was virgin, virgin born and God overshadowed Mary in the power of the Holy Ghost and he, was, and he was perfect and He was God incarnate. We still believe that tonight, don't we? We're not talking about just a good man. We're not just talking about a preacher We're talking about the God-man. And even he had a question for God. There's been a whole lot more questions in our lives here lately than there has been answers, Tanya. Let me me just back you up and let let me just tell you the story. Is that all right? About six weeks ago, we decided that after a year of trying, we was going to go to the fertility clinic. We was just going to go see what they had to say. And so, and we're all adults here. We know where babies come from, don't we? I'm not going to be vulgar and I'm not going to be dirty and I'm not going to be perverted. I just, I just want you to know where we've been. And when you go to the fertility clinic, if you've never been, the first thing they do, Tanya, is they check out the man because it's easier to treat a man if something is you know, treatable on the man's part. And I'm not trying to give you a biology lesson or anything. But on the minimum, on the bottom side, on the bottom side, they're looking for 15 million in what they are looking for in a man without being, without being vulgar, without getting into a whole lot of detailed beauty. They're looking for 15 million. I went and I took the first test, Becky, and they found nine. Not nine million. Nine, the number right before ten. They're looking for fifteen. Now, by the way, fifteen million is what they need for in vitro fertilization, which is the last resort, by the way. 
and they found nine. Betty, do you know what that did to me? Now, 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 now you men come along with me. I, I, I mean, when something like that is brought into your life, I, I, I mean, your, your masculinity, buddy, takes a blow. Your ego takes a blow. I, I mean, some, you men say amen. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, my God, you can't do nothing else. Surely to God you can make a baby. So we see the doctor the next week and he says, and he, and he talks like it's a fluke. That gives me hope, Joanne. It was a fluke. It was a bad, it was a bad test. Let's do it again. The, the very next week I took the test again, Becky, and you know what the results was? Zero. Zero. Now I, I, I'm just going to tell you something. I've been on that altar right there when that woman right there has cried and poured her heart out to God and wept and begged God for a baby. I've been there with her. I've prayed with her. Do you know what it does to my what it did to my heart to hear zero? He said, the man said, zero. Do you know what that did to my heart? I mean, and, 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 and I don't mean any disrespect. I don't mean any harm. I'm just telling you where I was coming from. I'm just telling you where I'm coming from. Because the very first thing that I come to my mind, and I'm not saying it's right, I'm not saying it's true, I'm just telling you this is what happened. The first thing that came to my mind was, boy, God really heard your prayer, didn't He? Now, you're just as human as I am. You would have thought the same thing. Before you get up on your high horse and judge me, if it would have been you, you'd have thought the same thing. And let me tell you how the low-down, sorry, pug-nosed devil is. This is, how, this, is how, this is how sorry the devil is. This is the first thing he said to me, Becky. This is what he said. He said, for ten years, you've killed yourself out on the road, trying to sing, trying to preach. I mean, go in the hole, Joanne. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, go in the hole financially to try to go somewhere and sing and help somebody or preach a meeting or do whatever. And this is how God repays you. And I'm not saying that's right. But I'm telling you, that's what the devil was telling me. And all of a sudden, I found myself angry. And here's the reality. I didn't even know who I was angry at, Tracy. I didn't know if I was supposed to be mad at the doctor. I didn't know if I was supposed to be mad at myself. And I didn't know if I was supposed to be mad at God. All I knew was this, is I knew that I was angry. And all I could think about was all the times I've heard my wife cry and pray and ask God to give us children. And that played over and over and over in my mind. Do you know how sick that made me? Do you know how sad that made me? And I'm just going to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, I'm transparent. I mean, I'm myself everywhere I go. If you don't like it, you can lump it. I'm just myself. I I was in a place, I was in a dark place. 
That's all I know how to describe it. I've never been depressed. I've always been an upbeat person. I mean, I've always had that personality uh, that, 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 if, uh, that if I could, could make a joke, I would. I've always been the upbeat person. I've always been the person uh, who finds uh, uh, the, the, the joy in, even in bad situations. But buddy, when it starts hitting close to home, all of a sudden it's not funny anymore. Now you think about it, and, I, and I'm not saying this is right. I'm not saying this is. I'm not saying what I, the way I think is right because no other human in the world thinks like I do, Tanya. You, I say that all the time, and I know nobody meant any harm. But people would say, "Well, you just got to wait on God. You just got to trust God." And you know what I wanted to say, Richard? And like I say, I don't mean I, I don't mean any harm when I say this. But do you know what I wanted to say? I wanted to say, "Oh, gee, why didn't I think of that?" Because here's the reality, ladies and gentlemen. Talk is cheap until it's you. Until you've been there, you don't know. You just don't know. I just want you to understand. I'm getting to the good part in a minute. I just want you to understand where we was at. I mean, man, I, I, like I say, I've never been depressed in my life. I don't, I, I don't think. Now, they say that depression, by definition, is anger that's turned inward. So maybe I was because I knew I was angry. I just didn't know who I was angry at. I, I mean, just I, I, to the point of rage, Tanya. My wife begs God for a baby, and I can't give her one. Listen, I've done decided that you can't talk me out of it. Somebody say amen right there. And we came, and I'm going to be honest with you. We came Monday night. I didn't want to be here. I looked for a reason to stay home. I I, I mean, you can ask my wife. She'll testify to this. Honey, I, can't, I, I, want, I wanted to stay home, didn't I? I said, I don't want to go down there. I said, we're going to be down there late every night. I, I said, I've got superior courts. I mean, I threw every excuse in the book at her. But she insisted we go, and I, I don't know how it is at your house, fellas. But if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And so we came on. He preached Monday night. That was good. It was a good message. He preached Tuesday night. That, that, that was fine. It was a good message. But buddy, when he preached Wednesday night, and he preached on, if midnight's 12 o'clock, then morning comes at 12.01. I, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, God done something for me sitting right there behind where Becky's at. And I'm going to tell you something, Joanne. It was like a burden came off of me. And, 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 and it was like, I, I can't even describe what God did in my heart over there. And he changed my way of thinking. So here's what I've decided. I've decided whether we have to go to another doctor or not, whether we conceive naturally or not, God's going to give us a child and you can't talk me out of it. That's just what I've I've just decided that. I've came to that conclusion. Sure, I've got questions. I don't know why it's took so long. But here's where I'm living at right now, Becky. I've decided that it ain't none of my business. The Lord knows what He's doing, Brother Howard. And can I just tell you, 
as, as simple as I can tell you, I, I hate that we've had to go through this. And I hate that we've spent the money that we've spent over there. And I hate that, it, that it's been uh, down in the dumps like it's been. But can I tell you that I've came out over on the other side of this thing with my faith stronger because of this. Because God thought enough of me, Joe, and I just want you to think about this. God thought enough of me, as insignificant as I am, to send a man from Abington, Virginia, to tell me that it was going to be all right. You can't convince me that God doesn't love me. You can't convince me that God's not interested in my life. Sure, I've got questions. Hey, Jesus had questions. And reality says some of those questions ain't never going to get answered. But you know what? It's alright. They don't have to be answered. And I said all that to say, I don't know why the Lord, the Lord wanted me to tell you all that, but there it is nonetheless. Do what you will with it. You might have questions too. And that's okay. And they may not, may not ever get answered. And it sounds cheap to say it like this, but you just have to know. You just have to know that God knows what He's doing. I mean, the Bible teaches that faith is hope. It's the substance of things. What? Hoped for. Things we've not seen. And it's hard. And I know I've been there. I know how hard it is when somebody says, well, you just got to have faith. But the reality is this, and it sounds real simple and it sounds real basic, but the truth of the matter is this. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, you just have to have faith. You just have to trust God and trust that He knows what He's doing. And here's what I found out, and I'm done. Benny, you come close the service. I'm finished. This is all I got to say. This is how the Lord led me. I'm sorry if it was different.